You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. Good morning. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this, right? It's been like... A week, yeah. And, well, well <laughs> I, I was telling Simon this morning, we have breakfast every every Monday morning with uh, Simon and Melinda, and uh, I was telling Simon, it feels like it's been like three weeks since we've done this. Mm-hmm. That means it's been a long week, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, it's Monday. How's everybody feeling? Good. Good? Yeah. You ready for another adventure today, Simon? Another journey? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We went on an adventure last week. Um, on Mondays, we try to kind of take it off and try to take it easy, as I've mentioned a gazillion times before. Uh, last week, we went out to like into the woods, essentially, right? And there's like a lake out there and stuff, and it's fun. Coming back, we saw um, some people <laughs> who were from uh, from not from Bolivia. And you remember? The, I mean, you remember the people? Your people. Your people. <laughs> Your uncle. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, yeah. we saw these people, right? And they had on, like, I mean, like, full gear. Full bird-watching gear. And I know that probably isn't a real thing, but whatever you imagine that bird-watching gear looks like, <laughs> that's exactly what they had on. Does it look like missionary gear? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have a visual then. The knees may or may not have had zippers. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not. Anyways, anyway. So, but it was, I guess the only reason it was obvious that they were bird watching or something is because they were on a boat with, with like a translator. Otherwise, I probably would have thought they were missionaries, actually, now that you say that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> before I say something crazy. Um, no, we saw them, and I can't remember how it went. And Simon says, he says, they're American. I said, no, they're not. I was like, man, they're British. He's like, no, they're American. And the guy said something, and I looked at Simon, and I said, look, he's British. And Simon said, no, he's American. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, he's British. And so we were listening from the say, and he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and Simon's eyes got big. He looked at me. He's like, oh, he is British. It's <laughs> very clear. And so Simon went and talked to him, and they were very happy. To talk yeah. to Simon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice people. Nice they're people. From they lived in Australia, right? Yeah, well, they they, live... they were born in England. Mm-hmm. Then they lived in Australia. Then they lived in the States. Then they moved back to Australia, um, and now they're on holiday um, in South America. Yeah, he said he's here for like a month or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, bird watching and stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. So today we're gonna go check out the lake. Um, you guys are having an outing with the youth. Right? Yes, next Saturday. Next Saturday. This coming Saturday, yeah. So having a youth outing in, in lieu of the, the I was going to say the reunion, that's not what it's called, um, the weekly youth meeting. And so we're going to go check out the lake today and see if you can bring snacks and stuff like that. And we will also probably take advantage and get in. So Nice. Get in the lake. It's a good day to get in the lake. It is. Mm-hmm. that It is hot here. It's going to be hot here all this month. I think September is the hottest month here, um, which is why this may be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> um no, but yeah, so we're going to go out there this evening, afternoon, this afternoon, then yeah. this evening, um, you got a meeting. Simon's been working hard. Always. <laughs> That's true. You do always work hard, but he's been working specifically hard. You want to talk about what you've been working hard on or no? Yeah, sure. I've already put you on the spot. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to keep it secret. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, as of, well, really as of last week, but then officially yesterday, uh, taking over the role 
of the children's worker for the church. Um, so looking after the Sunday school and getting all that ready. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of work that's been needed for that. I wanted to hit the ground running, get things going, um, make changes where we can make changes. Um, just so that we don't get used to doing things that we aren't actually aiming for. Like, like we have long-term vision and goals of what we want to achieve. So the quicker that we can start working towards them, the quicker we can achieve them. Um, so that just means, you know, I've wanted to, wanted to get things done as, as soon as possible and meet as many people as I can to gather different opinions and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy last week. It's going to be a busy next couple of months. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's good. We're, we're definitely heading in the right direction. So I'm yeah. really happy. That's nice. It's it's interesting what like having a vision and, and a little and even just a little bit of passion for what you're doing excites other people because I found myself like thinking about the children's ministry name, children's ministry logo, um, even like a back to school program. Maybe we could give away backpacks and school supplies. I mean, my mind kind of went mm. uh, back to what I enjoyed as a kid. Right. And going to different churches and experiencing their children's ministry. And so, and I'm not even part of the, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even a volunteer at the children's church, but you know. Yeah, it, no, it's it great. Cool. It's great. And there's tons of potential as well of what we can do. Um, and like yesterday, we had 30 kids yesterday, which was great. Um, and they're all from this community. They're all local. So if we can build good, strong connections with them when they come to Sunday church, you know, that just opens up so many doorways into our local community as well. Um, and just things that we can do on a day-to-day basis rather than just Sunday mornings and things. So, yeah, it's good. For sure, man. Yeah, I'm super excited about it myself. I think, I don't know, man, I tell you this all the time, and I think I've said it on here. I tell Melinda all the time and Rudy all the time. We talk about it all the time, but I think, I mean, I know that you came around at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. You just, I mean, it's, you're a godsend to us, and so it's been super helpful. And, like, so our church, um, our church is full of good people, first off, I'll say that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. our our church is 13, 14 years old. 14 years old. We're in our 15th year, so be fit, yeah. So... Um, we're 14 years old, and but and you know there's been ups and downs, just like every church. But one thing we realize: our church has no nothing on paper, nothing on paper. Mm-hmm. So, um, like we don't have what we believe, we don't have mission statements, or we didn't vision statements. No expectations for volunteers. No expectations for children's church workers or ministries, or uh, youth ministry. And so that's what we've been working on. Um, you know, us a little bit here and there is trying to get, okay, trying to get some type of organization and expectations together so that we can present those to people. Cause it's unfair too, to have a leader who is, if he's not being sinful, but if he's doing rogue stuff, we never gave him expectations. So it's not fair to him either mm. to yeah. this. So we're trying to get all the, it's really, and it, it's hard because you're, it's like retrospective, so to speak. So you're going back and making documentation for things that have already been taking place for years. Mm. And so, it's a little it's a little hard and some people don't understand it because it's existed so long. Yeah. But that's just the word. It's existed so long and and, and uh, things haven't gone in, haven't gone anywhere. And it's not because people are bad or they don't know what they're doing, it's because there's not really been a, a direction. So it's like getting in your car and you never push the gas, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean you're in here, you're having a good time and we can listen to music and stuff, or you never set the GPS or whatever, then I mean you don't end up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's not just having a vision, but it's taking those baby steps and doing that stuff of that takes you in the direction of the vision. So Simon's been working on different expectations and stuff uh, for the children's ministry. One of my friends sent me I need to send you a document. Mm-hmm. Send me a manual, which I think is a manual manual. <laughs> which I think will be really hand really handy. Um, to be able to help out with that as well. He's a uh, children's church pastor in, in Texas. Um, 
in all of Texas, in Austin, Texas. So, no, I really appreciate it for that. And I don't know, just different people have, it's cool to have good friends, right? They give yeah. advice and be able to help and give opinions and, and, you know, learn from their mistakes and errors and stuff. So that's where we are. And as, as with the church as a whole, and there we say big church too, doing the same thing, kind of setting expectations, defining roles is something that, because I think uh, it had been up until now, it's like, oh, everybody just does everything all together. And it, that seems, it does, it's very good hearted, but it, it doesn't, it's hard to accomplish anything because you have so many people doing one thing so many different ways yeah. that it, just, it, you know, it's like, the, it's one of the, there's a Pixar movie, it may be Nemo, and they throw the net in, right? And they, they, they get, yeah, it's Nemo, I believe. And they get all the fish in the net. They get the school of fish and they're pulling them. And the, the fish are being caught. And then I, I, I may be messing this completely up, but I think it's Nemo says everybody swim one direction. And when everybody starts swimming, it pulls the boat over. And it's like, yeah, I'm, it's a kid's movie. I know it, guys. But it's a <laughs> profound moment. It's a profound moment. Like, you know, and it, it takes you back to Babel. Like God said, when, when we work together, there's nothing that we can't do. And so, it's just, and I think a lot of times is we go separate ways, but we don't even realize that we're going separate ways. And maybe a leader hasn't been identified. So no one, everyone in their mind is the leader. So I'm going my way and don't realize no one's following them until we turn around. You know, so we identify leaders. We put clear expectations, clear directions on which way we should go, then we can accomplish a lot of things. And so that's what we're working on now, trying to do that, just like Nemo, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Nemo. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Right. So what about you? How's your week been, Melinda? It's been good. It's been going well. Um, last week after, um, after visiting the church and helping them out with their um, worship, one of the girls asked me if um, I could give her uh, private space uh, singing lessons and which was great because I was spending a lot of time during the hour two hours that I have with the whole church I mean the whole worship team kind of focusing on helping her and so that'll free up some more time for me to work with everybody on Monday nights and then um I forgot what night she came over this week I think it was Thursday and so Thursday night for an hour I'll be able to help her focus in on getting better and and achieving the goals that she wants to to reach in her singing, I guess, <clears throat> I would say. So that went well. Um, I think it's always exciting to see people realize where they're weak in and, and, but also say, I want to get better at this and take the steps to do it. So I always admire that in people. So that was that with the worship team. I think I've got about three more weeks with them, three or four, maybe a month. So um, looking forward to at the end of it, evaluating the growth there. Um, and uh, besides that, uh, just a lot of design work and computer work and, and family stuff. So that always keeps you busy. Yeah, for sure. The boys had a competition this week, right? The yeah, graphic yeah. design. Yeah, we have uh, two two boys. Um, I'm teaching graphic designs, and they and they're kind of becoming a little bit more independent on their being able to um, make a. a solid design i guess they haven't reached a point where i would publicize it on our facebook page or anywhere but but they're getting better and critiquing it it's fun so i had a competition this week to see who could design uh the best uh youth group invitation and so uh we picked a winner and they won 20 b's which is three dollars <laughs> three s three u.s dollars and they were excited you know <laughs> hey it motivated them so uh and, and they, they got it in on time, which is always surprising to me that these teenagers, you know, when they're motivated to do something, they get it done. I didn't have to be behind them like, hey, you know, your deadline's tomorrow. No, they were writing me throughout the week. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this idea? 
yeah, go for it, or no, that's not the right direction. So um, it's easy to work with people that are motivated. And and, and uh, winning a prize always helps. So Yeah, they, they did well, too. They did good. Did you, did you see them? I haven't seen you them. You have to show them to him. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, thanks. So. I was proud, yeah. I said they did a good job. No. You said thanks. <laughs> yeah, because I'm their teacher. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, I had a I had a good week too. I, it was a good week. We've been focusing a lot. I mean, as you guys know, we've been focusing a lot on reconciliation, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it this morning. Um, just reconciling. Like this is the thing: is if Jesus's vision, goal, not even goal, it's plan. It's going to happen. Is he's going to reconcile all things back to him? then what does that mean for our relationships with one another here? I mean, now, if we are, what is it, faith is, I I always mess this up. Faith is the essence of evidence of things hoped for. for. No. No, faith, substance. Substance substance. of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Well, the not seen is how we're going to live, but we live like that even anyways. So walking, not just forgiveness, but reconciliation, you know. And so that's something. And it's not even just here, but it's just Christian if you are listening to this, <laughs> if you have an issue with someone, just go to that person yeah. and say, hey, you know, do you have an issue with me? And when they say no, because they will every time, say, oh, well, this is what, you know, I feel like or I thought or I perceive. Make it clear. Just pr- pursue reconciliation. And I'm fully aware that it takes uh, uh, pardon is what I'm thinking of. Uh, forgiveness takes one person. Reconciliation takes two. But pursue reconciliation. Like we've we've had we we have situations where there's just been festering issues forever, and a lot of them are literally baseless. Like it's based on oh I thought that I misinterpreted or I didn't even. And for we I mean we're talking about six months of not speaking to people yeah. because of a complete misunderstanding. And I knew that like confrontation is uncomfortable. Like super uncomfortable. Nobody likes confrontation. And um, was this somebody at the door? Anyways, um, oh, well, the wait. <laughs> I know confrontation is super uncomfortable, but man, I think uh, a, a moment's worth of awkwardness is better than a lifetime of bitterness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, this week I've seen it more like in the, in the, from this, this perspective that I'm talking from is this is something that just really tears churches apart. And I was talking to you guys about it this morning and this is the enemy wants to isolate us. All of us, any way that he can, because that's when he that's when he can, you know, we talked about this in church when, you know, uh, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil, whatever. What did what did what was Jesus when when Satan tempted him by himself? You know, uh, where's Eve when the serpent approached her by herself? And so being alone and that's exactly what he wants to do. And we talked about it is in Job, right, where he says the enemy is was coming and going and seeking whom he made of coming and going like a lion lion. I can't talk. Like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And I don't know. I think, you know, that's what lions do. Like I grew up watching National Geographic, Animal Planet. was a huge fan as a kid, believe it or not. Still am, actually. But we just don't have a TV. So those days are over. But, you know, lions separate the weak part of the pack. And then they'll, they'll separate the weak part of the pack. And then they'll separate whoever's the lagging behind. Like it's, it's strategic, right? And that's what... That's what the enemy does, man. And we, when we allow these things to separate us, I see you guys looking it up to see what the verse says. Yeah, I'm finding First Peter, First Peter five eight. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Yeah, he says it there too. And so, like that, that but that's you know, that's a a big part of it. You know, it's like 
He wants to separate us because when he separates us, he can divide, he can tear us up. That's true. He tears up your thought life. He tears up your relationships, your perce- your perceptions of relationships. Oh, they're just jealous of you. You know, he starts planting all these seeds and ideas and thoughts, and that's where the temptation comes. And it's very hard to resist temptation when you're alone because if you've already separated from the body, then that means you've already taken up offense. And if you've already taken up offense, that probably means you're not walking in faith. So if you're not walking in faith, then it's very hard to be resisting temptation because resisting temptation requires uh, submitting ourselves to God. And the verse says, submit yourselves to God, resist, resist the devil and he will flee. Mm-hmm. We focus on resist the devil and he will flee, but it comes first to resist, um, to submit yourselves to God. And you can't be submitted to God, but not walking in faith. And you can't be submitted to God and walking in bitterness at the same time yeah. and anger and offense. And so, man, moral of the story, Christian, <laughs> if you have an issue with your neighbor, your friend, your enemy, whoever, just walk up to them. And, I mean, I know it's tough, but good grief. There's some people yes. listening right now that are bitter about something that happened five years ago, and they've never even confronted it. Yeah, and I was I was talking to Simon about this, and I said, I think uh, especially as women, we have this, this tendency to uh, take what may have happened and then kind of self-talk, talk to us about... Well, I happened. think I think men. I mean, everybody. Men do has, it too. Yeah, everybody. Has and that, then yeah. and then like we plan, we imagine the response, and then we get upset about the imagined response that we created in our head, and so we play out this whole scenario of something that might happen, um, and we work ourselves up, you know, and then it's like uh, at the end you you decide it's not even worth it because I'm end up punching them in the face or I don't know <laughs> whatever. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm just saying. And y'all, and y'all talk bad about men for playing video games. <laughs> we just play video games. It's a literal on-screen fantasy. Y'all living fantasies out. <laughs> about something that somebody said to you in a dream and you mad about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, that could happen. Like, I, he said this in, a, in the dream or she responded this way in a dream. And, and then you're worked up and upset about something that didn't happen and you know it, it i don't know maybe other women don't go through that maybe it's a <laughs> <Just> recipe for <laughs> counseling <laughs> that's not a bad idea <laughs> you're already sitting on the couch you may as well simon please no but it does require you know the person who wants to pursue like you said pursue reconciliation to go into it completely humble because you think you're going in ready to to humble yourself and then you and then it triggers your pride. Some you said this to me, you mm. know, and it's like you want to defend yourself, but that's not the, the 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 goal is not to defend yourself. The goal is to pursue peace and and reconcile the relationship. And so there are times when that's the hard part. You have to like just swallow your pride, bite the bullet, and say, okay, I'm not here to to explain or justify what I did, um, but but let's get on the same page and, and move forward. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's tough, but I see it's, it's something that's eating up the body. Like, I don't know. It's it's terrible. It's frustrating, too. We see how susceptible we are to that, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's a pride issue, one, but then it's also like, I don't know, it's the ploy of the enemy to just destroy us and to stop us from accomplishing what God has for us, you know. Uh, for him and you know we're to be representatives of the kingdom we're we're citizens of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and um but that's not so the way we're supposed to live is supposed to reflect how life in the kingdom is going to be when jesus returns and restores all things back to him so if we're not living in that then we're not representing properly the kingdom you know Mm -hmm. it's ah it's frustrating but i don't know forgiveness is a good practice um Sorry, we had a technical difficulty, but the anyway, yeah, 
walk in forgiveness. Like, you know, I mean, walk in forgiveness and, and pursue reconciliation, I think. I mean, that over everything else, we have goals and dreams and hopes for the, for the body, as, you know, for our church specifically. But I think we can't ignore these building blocks, right? Like, this is who we're supposed to be at the core of everything else that we do yeah. is we're supposed to be people who love and forgive and we, we seek out reconciliation. And it's not always possible because, again, it requires two people. Um, but we, we pursue that, you know, and that's one of the identifying marks of the believers. They should, they should know uh, they should know you by your love for one another, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not just means hugging and <laughs> sharing meals and stuff together, you know. Yeah. It's talking about uh, forgiving one another because we, we, we do mess up, we do fall. Forgiving one another when we do that and seeking reconciliation with one another when, we, when it does happen. And um, that's true love, you know. That's what the yeah. body's supposed to look like. So, I don't know. It's what we're pursuing here. And I, I, we've definitely um, grown in that as a church. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's been, you can see it, right? You can see it happening. And you can also see it's, it's a different way of thinking for some people, right? Um, but it's definitely happened. You can, I don't know, you can just see, you can see like God's hand at work in our in our community and our church and stuff. And it's really awesome. It is frustrating sometimes because you're like, oh, this is, this is something that's festering for 10 years. I've only been here for two years. Yeah. And you want to just kind of remove yourself because I'm not responsible for it. But that's not really, you know, that's, that's not the correct way. Well, we're here. We're a part of this, whether we like it or not, right? Or whether we, but we need to be a part of the solution. Even if you weren't part of the problem, we need to be part of the solution. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we all kind of find ourselves more or less in, in certain times here, right, is feel like we're caught up in the middle of something and kind of want to <laughs> remove yourself. Yeah. And there are moments, I think, to remove yourself, right? But overall, like, you know, well, maybe that's why we're here is to, to be a vessel in that situation or whatever. So, I don't know, forgiveness, reconciliation. We good? We're good, to good stuff. So we got a question. All right. So when was the moment? This is from Kevon, good friend of mine. Hey, Kevon. Uh, he, he won't listen to this for like three weeks. He's okay. always like behind playing catch up. So <laughs> <laughs> like uh, <laughs> when was the moment that you knew you were supposed to be missionaries and what made you finally pull the trigger and do it? You want to go first? Sure. Um, always putting Simon on the spot. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A chance to, think, chance to think about it. Um, yeah, I think for me, it w- there wasn't like one key moment or anything like that which happened it had been a long it was, it was a process for me it was about maybe four or five year process um, of doing it trying it um, so yeah I, I first got involved in in short term mission when I was 15 um, the youth worker of our church she actually I mean she didn't actually approach me for it because uh, at first at first she went to my sister because she, she knew me she knew how I worked and I was one of those kids where if my sister did anything I had to do it as well she was an older sister <laughs> so as soon as I found out my sister was going on a mission trip that was it I was like well what about me I'll go as well mm-hmm. um, so did went on it first when I was 15 and enjoyed that went back a year later um, and then came to Bolivia um, when I was 18, 19 I was actually going to go to Cambodia um, first, I was going to do a trip to Cambodia, but that was too expensive, couldn't afford it. Um, and so the organization that I was going with said, oh, well, we've got space on the Bolivia team. Well, have you thought about that one instead? Um, so I went went to that one, tried it out, did three months here um, in Santa Cruz. Um, and then knew that I liked mission, knew that this was something that I, I, could, I could see myself doing, um, but wasn't ready for it, didn't feel ready for it, didn't feel trained um, or really know, knew what I was doing. So 
that's why I went back to the UK, went to Bible school, Bible college, seminary, whatever you want to call it, um, and carried on exploring it there. Um, but there were times over the three years where I was like, oh, maybe, you know, other job offers came around, jobs to work in churches in the UK, um, to be like assistant pastors or youth worker and, that, and other opportunities. So there were times where I was like, oh, is that what I want to do? Is it not what I want to do? Um, but I just had, I've had really good friends feeding into my life, been like, um, Simon, look, when, you've, when you started uni, you were really fixed on mission. That's what you're passionate about. Every time you talk about it, you get excited. Um, so I just kept focused on that and then obviously came back to Bolivia in my final year at uni. Um, Realised, yeah, Bolivia is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Um, so I applied for it. So there. So yeah, so there wasn't one moment of someone saying, you need to be a missionary. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. It was it was a long <laughs> process of different thoughts, different feelings, um, and a lot of different people feeding into my life uh, for it. Yeah. I think my, sim- my, my similar is very story. <laughs> my story is, is very similar. Um, I started going on short-term trips when I was 13. I had an older brother, right? We had to go. Um, my parents had actually gone on their first trip the year before. Um, and so when they went and they came back, it was like, this is something we want our kids to experience because they did youth trips as well. And the people that led the trips were are really good friends of ours. And so, uh, and so you know, my parents were like, hey, the boys are going next year you know, so on and so forth. And so they, they literally forced us to go. We didn't want to go. We were raising money to go. And um, th- I remember my mom told us the money's not coming in. And me and my brother were literally in the basement, like, giving each other high fives because we didn't want to go. Like, we didn't want to go. And then something happened. I don't even know because I was 13. But something happened, and the money, some, the money came from somewhere. And I'm he- on a plane headed to Guatemala. And, like, not happy. Not happy at all. Like, eating my summer up, you know. Whatever, and so we went, and um, long story short, man, I just, I loved it. Like, I, I loved it. I had a great time. It's something just so against what society tells me to do and what I was supposed, it was just, it was a crazy experience for me, especially as a 13-year-old, right? Mm. You're still dumb at 13, you know, and, and so, <laughs> and then so the next year, went back, we went to Lima, Peru that time, or Iquitos, Peru, actually, not Lima, we went to Iquitos, Peru, we went to the jungle, and uh, the trip was probably a little bit overboard. It was more than what, for, for 14-year-old kids, like, we were in the jungle, jungle. Like, yeah. like it, <laughs> it wasn't good. Not like Trinidad jungle. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it was a good adventure, but it was like, as an adult looking back, it was, it <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that with the kids. But it was a great experience for me. And I just went back and back every year until I was 20. I think 2021, something like that, I went. And then... You know, life kind of hits you in the face and like, you know, you can't just go on mission trips and you have bills to pay, you have you work and whatever. And they have to decide whether you want to give your vacation to a mission trip or do you want to, you know. And so I get it. And um, I don't know. Then actually Melinda went on, I think, my last short term trip or next to last. I went to Jamaica one time without you. Mm-hmm. Um, my next to last short term trip was to Guatemala. I don't remember what year it was, but we went. And so because we were dating at the time and she went. Uh, with she went not with me but we went together right with a with a group of people the same group that I always went with or same leaders or whatever organization and um so we went and um I don't know man I, I always loved it when I was about 50 I skipped this part of the story sorry when I was about I think I was uh 17 or 18 no when I was 15 I went to Peru again I'm I may be mixing all this up. I don't remember I'm getting old anyways there was a moment where I, I just I I, I'm not going to say it was a voice or anything. I just, I just knew this is what I wanted to do. 
I was like, this is what I want to do. This is the type of place I want to be in. Like the jungly, like Amazonic type. Like I, I was all about it. Village ministry, like all, all in, all in. But, you know, you're 15 or whatever. And again, young and dumb. And so then a couple years later, I went to, I think I was 18 when I went to the Dominican Republic. And um, all of them were great experiences, but those two were just like, there's something about it like that, that marked my life, marked, and uh, marked my life. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, just, it, it made, like, it made me realize, like, this is really what I want to do. When I was 18, this is, I don't know, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I went to college for a year, went to study missions, didn't learn anything about missions. Um, I don't know, I'm not going to knock it. Anyways, so just started working. And making a way, wanted to marry Melinda, so we got married, and it was just like, you know, what do you do when you get married? You live the American dream or whatever, and so we did that, and we were looking to buy a house, which is part of the American dream, so we thought, and um, we found the perfect house. Remember, it was like new yeah. and whatever, and like we, we, we were pre-approved for the loan and all this, and it was just something wasn't right, man, and we were like, and it was fairly quickly that we just knew that, I, I, again, I can't, ex- we just knew it wasn't, that wasn't for us. I had this burning passion for missions that I had shelved for like four years or five years. And that was dumb. I mean, not intentionally done with it. It just was never going to happen. You know, it's like when you want to be an NBA player and you're 38, it's probably never going to happen at this point. And so, you, I mean, there's no need to even have the conversation, right? I think that's how it was for missions. But it was almost like God brought it back to my, I don't know, my heart's memory or I don't know how it even works. But just in my spirit, dare I say, or whatever. And it just, it, it was like a sleeping, something that was sleeping was like woke up. And so me and Melinda started talking about it, and fairly quickly she was she got excited about it too, and um, we just thought we don't have kids, we don't have let's why are we not let's go for it, and it really was like a decision at that point. It was like a decision like let's do it, let's be missionaries, and I mean obviously there's a lot of work that came after that, but um, I think in that moment when we decided we're going to do this, we decided to come and do a three month internship here in Bolivia. But it, we sold all of our stuff because we said, even if it doesn't work out in Bolivia, we're going to go somewhere else. We were going to be missionaries. We just, and I think I didn't know I was going to be a missionary until I decided that, and I mean, it sounds weird and even counter, you know, the way we teach is, well, God has to, but I don't know. I feel like God spoke to me through all those years, and I feel like God spoke to me through his word as well. It's not every day that someone says they want to go live in a different country to, to spread the gospel. Yeah. So I feel like if that desire is there, I mean, there's obviously a lot of, tape around that but if that desire is there there's there's a chance a fairly high chance that you're probably called you know and so I think that was the moment is when we decided it was like oh there was an excitement when we said let's do it there was an excitement that happened and we started you know we still had to work for like a year or so and we sold all of our stuff and whatever but I think that was the um that was the moment the same thing that made me pull the same moment that we quote unquote pulled the trigger was the same moment that I knew, like, it's kind of weird, like, I, I, I knew what I wanted before, and I knew that I had a heart for this and a passion for this, but the moment that I knew this is what we were supposed to do was the moment we pulled the trigger, and then, I guess you can even say after, we got here, because you're still doubting and stuff, and just, when we got involved in our church and stuff in Cochabamba, and like, man, just, I started meeting these guys, Rudy, and people that I'm still, obviously, really sitting right next to me right now, and so, I mean, this is 10 years ago, you know? And so we started meeting these people, connecting. Like I just knew, like this is this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there's been several moments of confirmation, right? That that you go through, that you're like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so there's been probably 50 moments of that that's happened. But overall, mm-hmm. it, it yeah, it's been it was a process, a gradual. doing now, like I just can't see myself. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. 
happily. I could do any, a bunch of other stuff, but not being happy, I, I couldn't see it. I don't know. I, I, my story is very different because I didn't even know what missions and missionary was um, until I got to, went to college uh, and, and met Ramon, and he's telling me about all these places he's been to, and I'm just like, really, I've been to North Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, <laughs> maybe Newark, <laughs> New Jersey, you know, those uh, very close places, and, and the reason why you went was maybe to go to a water park, or it wasn't ever to, to focus on um, helping a group of people, or to get outside of yourself, and to 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 serve people and so um and i think that probably has a lot to do with i mean we grew up really poor and so what you got is what you put towards your table your food your home your clothes and so the the idea of raising money to fly somewhere was first of all crazy but raising money to fly somewhere to go serve people and, and tell them about jesus was like people did this really and so uh like Ramon said my first trip to guatemala um it was in 2010, right? Uh, I'm bad with years. No, no we got married was, yeah, in 2007. So it had to be 2005 or something like somewhere. that. Somewhere, yeah, about 2005. Um, 2004, maybe. I don't know. He said, "Let's." Uh, I'm going on a trip, and I, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get money to go on that trip." Um, but anyway, I presented uh, a letter to my church, and they were really supportive. And I was the first person in my church to go on a mission trip, um, and. I mean, I think like in one Sunday, our church raised the money for for me to go, and I was just overwhelmed. And we went, and I just remember the whole trip, everything, your day. You woke up thinking about how can I serve someone today? How can I? And we worked at an orphanage. We painted their walls, spent time with children, sang with them, and played with them, um, and just things that their workers do with them every single day, you know. But because it was so far from what I have I done before. Um, I just fell in love with it. I thought I can spend my day, you know, helping people. Like I can spend my day loving on people and 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 working with people and and people do it back home too in ministry every day and even in their jobs. But um, to that excited me to to say I can spend my life um, not worried about my day to day because I see other people and I want to help them in their situation or, or whatever in their, their development. And so um, I think that it was in Guatemala when I knew I could do this. I want to do this. And then especially there's these little, this little girl that was in the orphanage looked at me and she's like, can you be my mommy? And I was just like broke, broke down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so that's when I knew I wanted to adopt one day too. <laughs> it was like all happened in one, one situation. But yeah, but like Ramon said too, it was like, but you didn't really know, no, for sure until we finally were just like, took that jump, like a crazy, crazy jump. And, and it's not so crazy anymore. Right? Yeah, well, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> I think we just, we just realized that it's crazy. So, no, it's good. I, I, I do. I love. I'm doing. I'm living the. I'm living the dream. Not the fundraising part, but everything <laughs> else. Like living the dream. You know, it's exactly what I love. And even have developed more passions because missions is such a big word. Missionaries is such a big word that you know we throw yeah. around very loosely. Um, you know, and so. But I've even developed passions within ministry and stuff for you know for church and church planting even and and uh, discipleship and which should be in the beginning. But anyways. I don't know, just, I guess, in, in growth and growing through the process of, of missions and stuff, develop other passions for other things within 
you know, the missions culture or whatever, and church culture, so to mm-hmm. speak. And I don't know, it's been great. I love it. I love what I do. I love where I am. I'm, it's funny because I said I want to be in like an Amazon type place and stuff. And now, you know, after fast forward, a bunch of stuff has happened in our lives and we find ourselves here in Trinidad, which is not in the Amazon. I mean, it's in, was it the Amazon basin or whatever, but it's not in the jungle. And so, uh, but I don't know, it's really cool because it has the same kind of feel and rhythm and I don't know, the same people that I felt like I wanted to like live amongst and serve with really more than me reaching down to them. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, serving with these people. I find myself here, you know, I don't know how many years later, you know, it's really cool, really cool, exciting stuff. And it shows that God plants seeds, you know, and he waters them and mm-hmm. waters them and uses things that you don't even. And then there's a moment like for us, I think it was the Holy Spirit just waking us up like, what are you buying this house for? Y'all don't want to do this, you know. We typically would blame that on Satan, but it was definitely not Satan. Like, he doesn't want me to, he doesn't want me to prosper. Like, yes, he does. Like, that's why he's telling you, like, you know. Oh, so, I don't know, good stuff. You guys got anything you need to add today? Mm. I think we've already talked about what we're going to do this week, pretty much. Simon's going to be meeting yep. and planning and for the children's church. Football. Yeah, football, More that's right. Stuff. Uh, football season is back. So I've been trying to convince everybody to start watching American football because I don't have any. That's one thing I miss the most about living here. I don't have anybody to talk American football. I say American football because the Simon football is football. soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't have anybody to talk football about. So I'm working on everybody. I picked a team for Rudy. Rudy's a Baltimore Ravens fan now. <laughs> does he know? Oh, yeah, he does. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. He had a great game yesterday. We try to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've already told you I've got my team, the Orlando Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Why the Pirates? <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Simon asked me, he said, well, I don't know many American football teams. I know there's the Orlando Pirates. I said, well, you're wrong twice because Orlando doesn't have an NFL team <laughs> and there are no Pirates in the NFL. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's baseball pirates. Right? Well, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, it's baseball, but baseball is not football. Simon, <laughs> I was so confident when I said it. He was confident when he said it. He was so serious, so serious. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. You can always sure. root for the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> Why did I hear crickets? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. That bird game. Come on. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm not even going to get into that. Not gonna, it's not Are you football. still the Patriots? Uh, what do you mean still? I've been the Patriots as long as you've known me. I just, I just was sure. I've been a Patriots fan. Teams. Look at my shirt. I have a Patriots shirt on. I know. I've been a Patriots shirt since... Uh, Patriots shirt. <laughs> Good grief. I do this every week. Yes. Every week. I don't know why. I've been a Patriots fan since I was like three years old. And I had a... Um, I don't know if my mom remembers this, but I had a bedspread, like a, you know, like a comforter or whatever. And it had, like, a football logo on it. And now I know, like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so they probably found it or somebody gave it to us or something, <laughs> found it in the trash. <laughs> and, like, it, that was my bedspread, though. It had the Patriots logo. And I remember asking my mom, what is that? I didn't even know what it was. That's the Patriots. What is that? It's a football team. Oh, that's my favorite team. Been my favorite team since, contrary to popular belief. So just so happens that we win a lot and people get upset about it. But, yeah, so anyways, <laughs> back to ministry and back to Jesus. Um, uh yeah, no, I think this week I'm going to start studying for, we're doing a, a series on justice. Um, not next week, but the following week we're going to start. That's, I'm excited about it. I'm a little nervous about it as well. We have elections coming up. It, it's a good time, I think, to talk about um, justice and fair and not fair and what does that look like biblically and, and what is the, the really biblical and Christian view of justice and what does that mean for us or not mean for us. And then what does it mean socially as well? 
I guess we're not allowed to say social justice anymore. People on Twitter get mad and argue. But what does it mean for us socially as believers as well? What does justice look like? And so, <laughs> so social justice. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> it's goofy. The whole argument is so goofy. We need to grow up. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about justice and, and from every aspect. And so we'll go through a series on that. Um, so that's the next series. So we're we studying for that this week. You, regular stuff. Yep. Fun time. Classes and classes. And yeah. studying because the girls have exams again. This yeah, this, week. that's every week. Like they I said, regular exams. stuff. It's, I think I get stress, more stressed out for exam week than the, they do. Guaranteed. Yeah. You and Jolie. Jalen <laughs> only gets stressed out because you make her study. Yeah. Otherwise, she she doesn't care. It's hilarious. Anyways, I fully I hear the wind blowing your microphone microphones, and we're not gonna cut it off because it feels so good. Todd, well, pray for us this week as we survive the heat wave and um. I don't know. We just keep digging into ministry and reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm. And we continue to grow as individuals, but as also as a body of believers and not just heads of ministry or whatever. Just keep us in your prayers. It's, we're really, it's a great thing. that We're going through a great time in our church. It's a big transformation, and, and you can see God's hand all through it. And so, I don't know. I think we would all agree that prayers are welcomed and appreciated. Yeah. And so... Um, anyway, thanks for listening. We, all, we appreciate your attention. I have no... no I have no idea how long this has been. I think it's been almost an hour. So we'll shut it down. It gets longer every time. So we'll shut it down here. So thank you for listening. We love you guys. Keep us in your prayers. We really appreciate all your love and support. And um, if you have any questions, shoot them to us. And you'll hear from us next week. Provecho.